In difficult days and facing dire circumstances, it is always good to remind ourselves that God is greater than all. Scott Pauley is examining the miracles of Jesus recorded for us in God's Word. Our hope is that the message in these miracles will become real in your life. Christ is enough. Let's open our Bibles and join the study now. Today we begin one of the most exciting studies in all of Scripture. We begin our adventure of walking through the individual miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. I honestly am looking forward to every one of these, and I want to encourage you to stay with us through the entire series. Let me say a couple things by way of introduction. The first is this, that we are not studying all of the miracles of Jesus. We're studying all of the recorded miracles of Jesus. In fact, Scripture is very plain that not all of the miracles of Jesus are recorded for us. Uh, John tells us, but these are recorded so that you will know uh, that Jesus Christ indeed is the Son of God. So we know that our Lord performed many miracles. Uh, only God himself knows how many miracles were performed while our Lord was on earth. Uh, but we're studying the recorded miracles of Jesus Christ, and I'll remind you uh, that these are selected for us by the Holy Spirit because each of these miracles has some message for us. There is a truth that God wants us to know. And all of the miracles have one great message, and that is that Christ is enough. God is greater, greater than whatever or whoever you're dealing with today, greater than wherever or whenever you're living. God is greater, and Christ is enough. We begin our study in John chapter 2, and this is not arbitrary. No, this is very intentional because... Scripture is very plain that this was the beginning of the miracles that Jesus did. You know, there's some disagreement among Bible students and Bible teachers on exactly how many miracles there are. I mean by that, the number of them. And uh, the, the disagreement really is not in the miracles themselves, but rather in their arrangement. In other words, because some miracles are recorded more than once uh, in parallel passages, uh, we're going to try to work through all of that, and you'll see that these miracles took place at different times, different geographical locations, all of that. But however you number the miracles, however many you would put on the list, don't miss the greater point, and that is what Christ is teaching us through his miraculous work. So let's find some first principles today in the first miracle. John chapter 2, verse 1 says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now." This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples 
believed on him. What a story this is. It's not my purpose today to deal with the subject of wine. Uh, Some people use this as a proof text that it's okay to drink alcoholic beverages. I've dealt with that in other studies uh, you can find and listen to and research for yourself. Uh, The same God that said wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise would certainly not turn water into alcohol. You have to understand the laws of fermentation in that day. Uh, The point here is not the wine. The point here is that the Son of God turned water into wine, water into the fruit of the vine. Friends, that's not natural. That's supernatural. That's not man. That is God. So what do we learn from this first miracle? Well, let me just give you several observations, first principles, if you will, that will help us not only understand this miracle, but every one of our Lord's miracles. And the first is this. I would point out to you where he did it. It's in the context of family. It's in the context of home. And yes, it's in the context of ordinary life, ordinary things going on, a marriage, a feast, a mealtime. I would say to you, God does his supernatural work in natural places. God does his extraordinary work among ordinary people. That's one of the great things we must learn about the miracles of Jesus. You can't explain them. You can't reproduce them. You can't substitute for them because it's God at work. But aren't you glad God not only works, God works among people. Another thing that I would point out to you is that God does his greatest work and demonstrates his greatest power when we have nothing. Notice the Bible says they have no wine. They had nothing. They had run out. It's a picture, I think, of the best the world can offer, the best that man can do. We come to the end of ourselves, don't we? Oh, but dear friend, there's no end in Jesus. There is no exhausting his resources, no, because Christ is enough. Something else that I observe in this is that God's miracle power was not released until they were willing to believe and obey. I'm thinking now the words of that old chorus, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Well, you see the trusting and the obeying in the passage. The faith, you see, in Mary, his, his mother, believed on him. She was not just his mother. She was now his disciple. She was his follower. She knew who he was. She's the one that said they have no wine. In other words, insinuating you can do something about this. She was the one who said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, just do that. What is that? This is an expression of faith. And then there's not only faith, there's obedience Because when Jesus commanded them to do it, they obeyed him. They filled them up, and I love this expression, to the brim, complete obedience. So here is Christ at work in a common place around ordinary people. Here is Christ working when they have nothing. Here is Christ working as they're willing to believe and obey. And let me point out something else. Those who know the most about the miracle power are those closest to it. The Bible tells us in parentheses in verse number 9 that though uh, the ruler of the feast didn't know where it had come from, the servants that drew the water knew. Oh, I love that. Only the participants get the the first-hand account. Only the participants get the front-row seat of what God is doing. You see, God's miraculous work is done when we're willing to launch out, when we're willing to get out of our comfort zone, when we're willing to believe God for the much more. God's miraculous power is revealed when we get beyond what we can do and we have to depend on what God alone can do. Something else I see here about the miraculous power of Christ 
The Bible says he kept the good wine until now. God always saves the best for last. You think the miracles of Jesus in the gospel records are exciting? You wait to the end of all things. The best is yet to come. But ultimately, here's the great truth we learn from the first miracle. Don't miss this. In verse 11, when Jesus did this beginning of miracles in Cana of Galilee, the Bible says he manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Let me tell you why Jesus performed miracles. He performed miracles to reveal who he was. I think sometimes we're praying for the miracle and missing Jesus. We're praying for the product and missing the person. Oh, friend, don't miss God in this. Only God should get the glory for any wonderful thing that is done. And notice, not only was God glorified, but the disciples had increased faith because of it. His disciples believed on him. Would you pray this? Would you pray, O Lord, prove yourself so mightily in my life that your glory will be seen and many more will believe on you. These are some of the first principles from the first miracle, and they remind us that Christ is enough. What an encouragement to know that regardless of the situation, we can trust the Lord Jesus. You can find a Bible reading schedule through the Miracles of Jesus and many additional study resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Visit us online today and let us know that you're listening. We are very grateful that you're making this journey with us through God's Word. Until next time, remember this, Christ is enough. Thank you.